just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. But before we get into it, tomorrow night, 6 p.m., that's Wednesday, Father's Day drop. That is right. Girl dad. Then you've got this shirt here, daddy's girl, matching shirts, how good. And then if you've got a little son, you've got big bloke and little bloke shirts for the young fella. From size 2 up to size 12. That's how, much, that's how much range we give you people. So Father's Day, 6 p.m., be there, very limited amount, similar to the hoodies that went in, I think, seven minutes. So make sure to be there. Get them for Father's Day at Wednesday, 6 p.m. They will be sure to be out to you before Father's Day. But with that out of the way, I've got the great Sammy Thide, how you going, brother? How you going? I thought you were going to call me daddy there for a second. <laughs> oh, no, sir. I can't get around uh, the daddy chat. Oh, it's Can no you get around the daddy chat? It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Mate, how you been? I've been good. Thank you very much, brother. Mm. How's the... Um, now, little birdie told me, and that little, little birdie may have been you about 20 minutes ago, yeah. you're playing in a grand final. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, grand final, Sanford Stags taking on the Burp and Gary Jets. <laughs> Uh, Burp and Gary Jets, are, they're a bit stacked, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Salary yeah. cap? Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm throwing question marks out there. Yeah. So uh, you've got uh, Luke Capewell's playing for them. Um, uh, Lingham Georgetown. Remember Lingham yes. Georgetown? Yeah, um, Redcliffe. Jolly Thompson's playing for them as well. Big so. Jolly T. Yeah, they're stacked. Okay. Yeah. A bit of an investigation into the – mate, that, that is stacked. What, three ex-NRL players? Are they all on the same side? They're all... Oh, As in like right side or left side? I'm unsure. Yeah. Because uh, last time we played them, uh, only Lukey played. Uh, oh, they brought him in for the grand final. Nah, so I think because uh, Jolie's working FIFO at the moment, yep. so he can only play whenever he's in town, but mm. hopefully he's away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it... What's a, what are you more nervous for? Grand final, local league, or the 06 grand final? Oh, very, very different. <laughs> very different. Uh, I think like 06 GF... <laughs> I was a young kid, mate. I was only 21 and kind of was just rolling with the punches. I was hanging around all the big boys, um, you know, and I, I knew that they were going to do their job. I just had to do mine. Like you had uh, – that was well, that was Webby's last game yep. for us. Uh, he retired after that. But you had big uh, big Petro in the front row as well. You had, he had Thorny there as well. Um, you had blokes like Dane Carlor and yeah. Corey Parker, Casey Maguire – so I was just a young kid just hanging around the, the, the big boys at that point in time, probably mm. thinking that I'd play in a grand final every year with the, yeah. the team and the squad we had. But um, it, was a, it was a great it – was was, 06 was a cracking year for myself. Mm. Yeah. I, um, I still remember getting called back in to hold the pads for you boys, grand final week. Yeah. So I literally can say I held the pads for <laughs> grand final week. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you were you. there. I was there. <laughs> I was part of the squad. Yeah, you all came down and we uh, did a bit of a training run and stuff like that. It was good. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's my claim to fame. Held the pads for the grand final winning side in 2006. <laughs> uh, mate, how you been? What do you What do you been? Obviously, you do your, your media stuff. What's it? Uh, what's been going on in the the world of Sammy Thiday? A lot of fingers, a lot of pies, mate. <laughs> um, eating them as well. Yep, uh, me too. But um, no, mate, uh, just trying to find balance mm. in life after footy. Um, doing some stuff with Channel Nine, which is absolutely uh, a lot of fun because mm. it's a it's a foot in the door. It also uh, means that um, I have all access passes uh, to all the games, uh, which is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, doing some stuff with the Broncos as well. Got an ambassador role with them. Um, so I, I, I call myself the politician. I, I shake hands. I kiss babies. Yeah, so you're obviously doing your media commitments. Anything outside of, of media that you're, you're enjoying at the moment? I've uh, been doing a few different speaking engagements, which mm. is always good. Um, uh, I may, I'm, I'm in the same kind of industry as yourself. I've mm. got my foot in the door in the, in the, in the podcasting realms. Mm. 
um, sitting on one at the moment, uh, which I've already released a, a few apps back in the day called yep. We Are Human. Mm. And for me, that was a, a chance and opportunity for me to tell the story behind the story of young Sam Thiday coming through the ranks and mm. um, just that transition after footy, the struggle of lack yeah. of identity, um, almost institutionalised in a sense that, mm. you know, you're told where to be, what to do, what mm. to wear. Yeah. Um, you know, you are definitely babied throughout your, your whole career. And, it, um, you know, you, you talk about the real world mm. after rugby league and, it, like, for rugby league players, it is the real word because yeah. you have to do shit on your own. Absolutely. Um, so doing that one, I'm doing a, a sports one as well with a couple of mates, mm. Michael Atkinson and, and Shad Wicker. It's called mm. um, uh, Saint Sinner Winner with Sam Thiday. It's, uh, yep. it's, it's a chance for us to talk a bit of smack about um, sport, but a lot of the time I, I lean back to rugby league and what I know. And yep. um, it's been a lot of fun. It's a, mm. it's a great space and... Uh, mate, that's why I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Oh, mate, mate it's you a know. Banger. It's a banger. On. It's number one. Sammy Thiday, it's never you been know, beaten, brother. actually. <laughs> mate, you know, anytime, <laughs> anyplace. Um, it's funny because, like, obviously, you come up to the game uh, on the weekend, and once you, you know, experience that whole, you be at this place at this time, I was like, oh, my God, like, I forgot what this is like. You don't yeah. have to even think. Yeah. You roll off the plane, you've got the. You know, you've got to be here, you'll get picked up, even though the guy didn't turn up, but not the Broncos guy. <laughs> the actual guy we paid literally didn't turn up. But it was, yeah, it was just that experience of like completely taking away your um, your decision making. Yeah. You just like, you just go with the flow, really. I kind of understand it in a sense that um, they want your full focus to be on playing a game yeah, for at sure. the end of the day. And and I know that's their, that's their product. That's kind of um, your... You ride the highs and lows of the success. So if we can take a little bit of that burden away from you and mm. help you out as much as possible, we will. And um, it, it's a good and a bad thing. Yeah, uh, It's bad because, yeah, when you do leave, you, you do find yourself kind of, actually, I have to read my emails. Yeah, I have yeah. to open them and I reply to people. Yeah, I still struggle um, with that. I have to answer a phone call? <laughs> yeah, really? Right. Uh, so... Um, yeah, like in all honesty, like those first kind of couple of years out of rugby league were a, a roller coaster and a half. Um, if anything, I think my wife probably wanted to kill me. Um, she was like, "Like you are." I was cramping her style. And she had <laughs> she had a she had all of her uh, ducks in a in a row, and she knew what she was doing around the house, especially the routine around the kids, and mm. you know, getting them to school and. You know, they go to bed at this time, and here I was. I was interrupting the whole uh, ecosystem because I was a, I was a foreign entity <laughs> essentially. Um, but you know, trying to find balance now, man. Mm. Um, I tr I try to as much as I can be around home because I, I like going to, you know, uh, the other week uh, Gracie she made the the school team to go and do districts athletics, mm. and I was I was lucky uh, that I had the day off and I could go and watch her yeah. uh, do that. Um, you know, my daughter Elsie plays netball on a Saturday and, mm. uh, you know, I think I've got the balance right that I can go and watch her play most games on a Saturday. Mm. Um, and I think that's the hardest thing is, is trying to find that balance, mm. trying to find yourself. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's slowly getting there. It's a, uh, it's a journey and uh, I'm just uh, I'm along for the ride. And so speaking of rugby league, what are your thoughts on this season? You know, and you obviously a one of the best Broncos to play. What are your thoughts on the boys? It's been great to see mm. uh, the way they've grown and developed. A um, couple of inclusions of some superstars really, really helped the team out. Mm. Um, but again, having the foot in the door and still doing some stuff at the Broncos, I can kind of see what 
a little bit that goes on behind the scenes. Um, there's, a, there's a great connection there with them. Mm. They're all great mates. Yeah. Um, you know, I can see their games have developed. Um, they're trying new things. I'm, 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 I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited daring too. to believe <laughs> is, is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you know, there was uh, points throughout the season where I, I watched them. They kind of went away from what was working for them and mm. they've kind of uh, righted all those things. And mm. like I'm, I, I love watching them play now. Mm. Uh, I love that chance and opportunity to go and watch every game uh, and, um, you know, be there and... Now, I, I'm, I'm one of those fans now. I'm, I'm one of those guys that hangs out in the in the change rooms after. And, you know, I, I, I've slowly, slowly crept my way back in <laughs> in a sense that, you know, now I sit in the locker room when <laughs> yeah. they finished and yeah. I, a, a few of the guys want to talk to me after a game, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm, I'm loving just like seeing what the Broncos are doing this year. And I think the, the comp as a whole has been – like it's been amazing uh, yeah. to see the rise of the, of the of the Wars. May I say the Wars? Mm. Um, I'll jump on that bandwagon uh, and call them the Wars. Uh, I think they've been brewing. Mm. You, you look at Penrith at the top, um, dominant. Yeah, you know they've had uh, their team cherry picked over the last couple of seasons, but mm. they're still a strong team. Um, like the Newcastle Knights of late, holy wow! How it, good! It, it's been good. Steel think, City. Yeah, um, it's given joey a little bit of a tingle and it's not his it's not his neck anymore so um it's good to see uh and you know i i, I still will always be a cowboy supporter i'm still whipping them home yeah um, i'd love to see them get in the eight but uh rugby league as a as a whole has been brilliant this year and uh i've just read here i didn't actually know this mate you were born in new south wales yeah, why are you bringing that up for, mate? I just <laughs> look. These blokes about the hard hitting questions, mate. Yeah, it's a hard hitting questions yeah. here. Not by choice. Not by choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, both my parents were in the air force, so yeah, um, they were based down here at uh, Wagga Wagga, mm. and uh, I was born at Borkham Hills Private Hospital, and then right. Dad got posted to Townsville, so I was about four. Yeah, when he moved up to Townsville, and so um, I learnt the game of rugby league uh, in Townsville. Yeah. And there was no – like, as soon as the Cowboys came into the competition, there was no choice. Like, you mm. had to be a Cowboys supporter. Mm. You had to be a rugby league fan. And uh, if you weren't, you looked at uh, very weirdly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I learnt my trade in Townsville. Yep. Uh, play, played for Townsville Brothers for – from, what, under – I think under 13s, under 12s to under 17s. Was under 12s the first year you played footy or did you play earlier? No, it was kind of the – well, I played at school when I was 11 mm. and then I kind of 12s was my first year uh, playing rugby league. I, mate, I wanted to be an Olympian. What, what did you do before that? I did athletics, mate. So okay, I did little, what events? The what Upper Ross Little Athletics Club. We were the Panda Bears. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, what events were you proficient in? <laughs> Look at me. What do you think? <laughs> shot put? <laughs> uh, shot put, discus, javelin. They were my jam. Uh, all the throwing events. I don't want to say it, bro. Uh, in, in saying that too, I was pretty good at the um, 1500 metre No way. Walk. You got me. You got me. Nah, I, I, I love the walking events. Mm. Uh but uh, I can still remember as a as a young kid. I think I was I might have been might have been my last year of primary school. So I was twelve, and I made the North Queensland team for long jump. No way. Yeah. So the gun guy, uh, his name was James Murphy. Yeah. He was absolute gun, and uh, he he three fouls. I'll and see so you later. I end up winning, <laughs> and I ended up representing uh, North Queensland for long jump that year. <laughs> long jump, uh, discus, and shot put. 
Um, javelin was my jam. I, I love javelin mm. uh, as a kid. Uh, but also, uh, I think I still have, and it's, this is only because uh, the Upper Oslo Athletics Club, it ceased to exist. <laughs> Uh, and that's why we went and played different sports. No so way. my older brother went and played soccer. I went and played uh, rugby league. So we've been robbed of an Olympian. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think I still have the under eight 60 meter hurdles record yeah, <laughs> at Upper Ross. So I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, Carl van der Kuyp, he was, he was lucky that I went to rugby league. Yeah. Was it um, love at first game for rugby league or did it take a while to grow into it? Oh, I think my mum and dad were happy that I started playing rugby league because mm. it was a it was an outlet. It was a focus yeah. for me. Mm. Um, like I was a bit of a rager as a kid. Uh, Does it I, seem like you, Sammy? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I had an older brother who was super competitive at mm. everything. Um, like Ruben made the Queensland soccer team. Ruben made the Queensland baseball team. He hadn't even played wow. baseball before. He just he made the team. <laughs> um, you know, he was just an absolute freak when it mm. came to little athletics as well. He's fast, um, yep. high jumper, long jumper, all those things. Mm. Um, so, like, I was the little brother. I wanted to beat my big brother. And, mm. and sometimes um, that brought on a lot of rage <laughs> from myself. Uh, we owned uh, any any piece of uh, sporting equipment you could name, we owned it. And yeah, well. I think that was um, tactical from my parents because mm. they wanted me and my brother outside. Mm. Uh and it was just the two of us for a long period of time. I think I was eight when my uh, younger two brothers came along. Yeah. So um, I always just wanted to beat Ruben. And if I couldn't beat him, I tried to beat him up. So there was like, um, there was holes in the wall in the backyard, like in the fibro mm. um, sheeting because we were playing cricket. We couldn't play with a tennis ball. Mm. Like we had to play with a proper cricket ball. Yeah, well. Um, we played softball in the backyard. I was always the goalkeeper. He was always the striker. Yeah, same when I was growing up. Um, what else? Uh, there was a, like a tennis court uh, like a, around the corner from my house. Mm. Um, we always paid to go in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I smashed a lot of tennis rackets. <laughs> so I think mum and dad were pretty uh, happy that I found rugby league because it was a chance for me to channel the high energy that I had mm. and that um, that competitive nature. It was okay to, like, hit people, like tackle people yeah, out tackle. there on the field. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Mm. And did you excel immediately or, like, in, you know? Oh, not necessarily. Mm. Um, I think again from like playing a lot of different sports as a kid, you know, I had good hand eye. Um, from you know, uh, playing soccer with my brother, I, you know, I could kick the ball pretty yeah. well. Um, so there were some um, skills there that I'd already started to develop. To develop, and then I think as I learnt the game, um, I, I just got better and better. But like mm. for, for me, I, I I made North Queensland pretty consistently from like under thirteens all the way through through to under 17s, yeah. uh, whether I was representing uh, at a club level or at a school level. Mm. But like I didn't make a Queensland team until under 17s and then um, and then open school boys. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, I didn't make an Australian team ever as a, as a young kid. The mm. first time I ever represented Australia was uh, 2006. Far out. Yeah. Far out. Okay, so you're, you're coming through the grades you're making the rep site, so I'm, are you are you thinking rugby league could be a path for me, or are you just like I just do it because I love it? Oh, like it was probably a turning point for me. Mm. Like you have your sliding door moments, and I was probably in grade ten, mm. and like the opportunity to leave school, get a trade, and 
like I wasn't the smartest kid at school. I uh, I was there pretty much for the um, the social gathering of it. <laughs> um, I really liked doing all my hands-on stuff at school. I mm. was doing metalwork at that time. I was doing building construction. Um, I was doing some woodwork as well, and, and and really loved that side of things. And probably was looking down more of a path of doing that. Mm. And I, I had a, a teacher at school um, called. Uh, Mr. Bartlett, George Bartlett, he mm. played for the North Sydney Bears, played for the uh, for the North Queensland Cowboys as well, and um, he pretty much like you know, I was arming and ahhing and didn't know what to do, and he said, "Well, you know, I I, I think you're a pretty handy footy player mm. if you give it a crack and have a go. I think you could you could make something of it." And like he made a bit of a commitment to me at that point in time, where um, if I kept on showing up, he would keep on showing up. So. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd go to training early in the morning before school and do weights in the gym and do all this extra training stuff. And um, he, actually, he and I like clashed one day because he he would always uh, push me and get mm. the best out of me. Yeah. And I think that like everyone's got that one school teacher at some point in time that, you know, um, did something to really spark something uh, in, in each kid mm. and Georgie was that guy for me and I, I almost come to fisticuffs with him one day at school yeah just because I knew he was pushing the right buttons but he was pushing my buttons and I just didn't like where he was going with it and, and not necessarily that he was saying that I was a waste of talent uh, he was saying that I was wasting my talent yeah okay yeah and I took it the opposite way and and that's probably why I wanted to go fisticuffs with him but um <laughs> In saying that, if it, if it wasn't for Georgie and just Georgie showing up for me, mm. um, you know, it, it could have been a very, very different path. And mm. um, he was probably one of the first ones to uh, console me after not making the Australian schoolboys team. Yeah. Because uh, we had a pretty dominant Queensland team that year and we um, we had a lot of guys that went on to uh, play for Australia that year. Mm. Um, but, you know, my name wasn't called out at the, at the end of it. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like uh, Tommy Leroy Lars and Ben Hennett. Mm. Um, the omelette. The omelette, uh, extra cheese. Um, you know, those guys made the team and I was just like, I was really bummed about it. And, yeah. and he was one of the first guys to console me and um, was actually not, like coming back not long after that, uh, schoolboys is where I um, signed with the, uh, with the with the Broncos actually. So. so the story as it's told. As it's told. What is the actual story <sighs> of Wayne Bennett? I don't want to spoil it. Wayne Bennett resigning you. What's the real story? You want the GST? Or I want the GST. <laughs> Give me everything, baby. No, that's the best thing about stories and um, being storytellers now, like <laughs> you and I are. Um, we could just say whatever we want. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but the story goes, <laughs> once upon a time, <laughs> uh, we were playing a under-17s uh, match against uh, New South Wales' curtain raiser for State of Origin. Wayne was still the coach at that point in time. And we were playing at the old ANZ Stadium. Uh, and their team, New South Wales team, was stacked. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like uh, Keith Galloway, uh, Tommy Leroy Lars, Sonny Bill Williams. Um, I think out of that New South Wales team, I think their whole forward pack at one point in time had uh, played an NRL game. Wow. I think uh, for our Queensland team, our Queensland 17s team that year, uh, Paul Aton. Mm. Uh, Neville Costigan and myself Nev. were the only three guys that went on to uh, play NRL wow. uh, out of that Queensland team and we got absolutely pumped uh, and there was a fight in the game mm. and I pretty much was like oh well the fight's on like I've got to hit someone <laughs> and um, 
like I threw one punch at Tommy Leroy Lars and he didn't throw any back. I was like, okay, sweet. That's all good. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I kind of stood out at that point in time too because they had the long flying locks and um, yeah, okay, yeah. as some people used to call me dog balls because uh, <laughs> I stand out like them. Um, can't hide anywhere. Um, Wayne was standing in the tunnel watching the game before <coughs> mm. uh, Origin and uh, pretty much not long after that sent uh, Cyril Connell and Paul Bunn up to Townsville to sign me as a, as a Broncos player. And was there any interest from the Cowboys? Because your heart was with the Cowboys initially. Oh, as a young kid, like I, I played for Brothers and uh, the old stadium, like I've, it's had a fair few names, uh, Dairy Farmers, uh, Stockland Stadium at one point in time. But um, Brothers Junior Rugby League is in the shadows of that stadium. And yeah. like I can still remember like seeing it. I, I just wanted to play on that field. Mm. Uh, I wanted to play for the Cowboys. But I did a couple of junior... Uh, development camps and school holidays and stuff like that. I remember going to a camp once and um, Maddie Scott was there, uh, Mango was there, uh, Brenton Bowen was there. No um, so all the young development guys that were coming through uh, and they were kind of op- offering scholarships at that point in time mm. at the end of the camp and just none came one. my way. And, like, you know, it was pretty deflating as a young kid. Again, mm. local talent. And this was a, like probably a time where the Cowboys' uh, focus was elsewhere. Instead of looking in their own backyard, yeah, they okay. would, you know, they were trying to become a successful team and, you know, um, get some um, uh, external um, talent to to come to the Cowboys to yeah. try to win games and win premierships and all those types of yeah, things. Yeah, okay. Um, when you know you you have a look at the the local talent pool that that left that Crazy. area, you got like Nate Miles who was from Cairns, you had Dallas Johnson, you had Billy Slater, um, you had myself, you had Neville Costigan who was from Mackay. Um, you had all these guys that were in that North Queensland catchment area that yeah. just all, like, just they missed. Far out. And they all went to different clubs. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that that was that that decade of dominance with Queensland. A lot of those guys were, were North Queensland guys. Yeah, They, wow. they came out of those areas that could have, you know, you know, the Cowboys could have had a gun squad that go. came through all yeah. together playing footy. And mm. it just didn't happen. Mm. And then, like, funny, like, I end up signing a Broncos contract in the car park of Dairy Farmer Stadium. No way. Yeah, like with Cyril Connell and, and Paul Bunn. So it's just like Far you talk out. about under the nose of oh the Cowboys. God. Yeah, and that's the biggest in your face that you can you Yeah, know, wow. Going into behind enemy lines, literally Yeah, signing a young talent. Yeah, St- or standing on the line pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so – Cyril Connell, obviously, you know, for people that may not know or the younger audience, he's essentially the best scout Broncos ever had. Yeah. Um, and Paul Bunn was also a huge reason why, you know, your generation came through and killed it. I think he went to Melbourne. I'm not sure if he's, is he he's still, still at the Storm. And yeah. you look what he's done at the Storm. Exactly. So he's been at the Storm, I'm going to say, for oh, almost 10 years now. He left like 08, no, 09? Yeah. So you've got you to think he's been at the Storm for 10 years, about that. Mm. And um, like they haven't dropped off. Yeah. So you can see how he recruits, uh, the way that he thinks about recruiting, the the guys that he gets in. So yeah. he knows and understands rugby league players, and and, and he was Cyril's right hand man forever. Because the, the funny thing about Cyril is Cyril would go to all the junior uh, rugby league carnivals throughout Queensland, whether it's regional or whatever it is, but would never fly. 
Yeah. So Bunny would have to drive him everywhere. He knew, oh Cyril knew that we had to stop in at this town to go to this bakery to see Martha who made the best pies. And yep. like he had his, you know, he just knew this is the way we're going. It's the long way around, but yeah. we're going to go there. Yeah. And, um, but his eye for talent, you, you, you know, some of the guys that he, he signed at the Broncos were absolutely amazing. I think the last kind of two or three guys was um, Ben Hunt, Andrew McCulloch. Yeah, wow. So, you know. Yeah, his track record, Cyril's track record is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I would love to see a Cyril Connell's best team ever. So the, the, the people that he recruited yeah. to the Broncos, what that team would be. Because yeah. it would be hard to make it. Mate. Yeah. The guys that he recruited, it was insane. Insane. Um, and also, like, to think Paul Bunn has gone on to do what he's done, it just shows you that the knowledge that he, you know, passed to, to Paul. Yeah. As, you know, there's no denying that Melbourne's time over the last 10 to 15 years have been the best at recruitment. Like, yeah. easily the best. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still remember, remember Bun's house, Paul Bun's house? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, all the guns used to stay there? Yeah, so we had a uh, – there was myself at one stage. There was myself, Neville. Darius lived Dubs, there yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, there was a few rats that lived there too. <laughs> Good blokes so. though. Um, remember Ashley Alberts lived there. Um, remember the young Kiwi half that came over quite young and he just got home sick <laughs> and bouncy? He was super talented. Uh, Jordan. Um, I can't even think of his name. Mate, his he, last name. He, was, he was so talented but he just obviously got homesick. Yeah. Remember uh, Michael Bond, how good he was coming through the grade? Yeah, Bondi. Bondi. Yeah. Um, Far out. He also it, had, uh, he had, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Macca lived there for a while. Hunty lived there. Yeah. Um, we had a fair few come through there. Um, John John Torrio. Oh, John yeah. John, the great John John. <laughs> um, oh, man. And then we had just guys just come and drop in and, and stay yeah, so there. On, uh, yeah. um, so you get signed. So this would have been 2001 or two? End of 2002. So 2002. So they've just gone. Premiership, 2000 and 2000? 2000, 2000, yeah. 2000. So you're, you're rolling into like one of their most hectic squads. Gun squads. Ever. Too. Yeah, yeah. What's it like? Like a blessing and a curse mm. at the same time. So I, I graduate uh, high school, uh, 2002, November uh, 1st. I've got to be in Brisbane for pre-season training. Oh, so all my, all my mates from school headed off to Airlie Beach for schoolies. schoolies. That's yeah. all the all the North Queenslanders yeah. go to yeah. Airlie Beach. And um, I was on my way down to, to Brisbane to chase and pursue a dream and mm. rock up to training. And I'm in the Colts squad to start off with. And um, we got some... Was this uh, West then? No. Nah, so uh, that year they decided for the uh, the Colts were going to play in the um, Toowoomba A-grade comp. Okay. Uh, and um, there was a few gun players in there at that time. So you know, that it was Neville Costigan, Ben Hennett, myself. Um, we all kind of came through uh, as those young forwards, those next upcoming young forwards. But you know, that was where I looked at the squad and went, I'm never going to play first grade here ever. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Andrew G was still at the club at that point in time. Um, Gordy was still at the club at yeah. that time. Yeah, um, You had... Petro, Shane Webke. Um, so, like, they're your established forwards that are there. Like, they're playing first grade. You can tick that box. You know yep. they're playing first grade. Mm. Then the next tier under that is Dane Carlaw, Carl Webb, um, Corey Parker, um, Casey Maguire. Um, and then, like, you know, that that's that next young group. Of ta- oh, 
Brad Myers as well was oh, there at that Brad point Myers. in time. Big Red. Um, that was that next crew. And then like the next crew under that was like your Queensland Cuppers who were kind of, you know, busting their butts to try and get in there. Your Darren Maps, um, you know, those those hard guys that were um, toiling away in Queensland yeah. Cup, you know, ho mm. hoping and happy to play a game here and there. Yeah. And then the, we were under those guys. So oh, you go yeah. from the top of the tree in high school, yep. where you're the big dog yeah, at you're school. The big dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, high-fiving everyone <laughs> as you walk around the school to like you're at the bottom of the tree. Yeah. And like, um, I, I literally had to bust my ass. I think John Dixon was our coach at the Dicko. time. Um, old Papa Smurf yeah. uh, for the Colts team. And I got through that f kind of first little period of um, preseason training and like hating it. Yeah. Like this back was the then, hardest. Yeah. yeah. This was like 4100s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, let's piggyback one another around a 400 meter track. Why? Because it's hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 No yeah. other reason. Like doing ABCs. I had to do an ABC. No sports science at all. No. Just run to your spew. That's yeah, pretty much it. Exactly. Um, if they're not laying on the ground after, you haven't, Have yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't had a crack. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, you know, we were just like um, doing hills uh, like around, <sighs> around Red Hill. Like I can remember, like my back is still on Sorrel Street uh, in Red Hill. It's still uh, in the Gap Run. Yeah, oh, the, the Gap. The Gap was another one. I so, used to feel so sorry for you big fellas in the Gap Run. Yeah. Because I'm a whippet, I'm going, this is easy. Yeah. Whereas you boys are just arse out. <laughs> like you talk about struggling up here. I was struggling going downhill, like just trying to slow myself up because I didn't want to end up in the bushes. And then you had Wayne hiding in the bushes too. Oh, like, yeah, the good old Wayne yeah. hiding in the bushes. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I never thought I was going to play first grade at the Bronx. And mm. I, got, I literally busted my ass. I was like super homesick. I was like, this is fucked. Yeah. Like, what have I signed? Like, do I really want to do this? <laughs> yeah, yep. Like, you know, people say, oh, you could be digging holes. At that point in time. It's easier than I that. was happy yep. to be digging holes. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, trained pretty hard and um, did well enough that in the coming back after that Christmas break, um, Kevy was coaching the Clydesdales, which was yep. the, our reserve grade team, at, our Queensland Cup team at the time. And he goes, mate, I want you to come train with us. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, quickly promoted from Colts into into that Q Cup squad and mm. I was pretty pumped about that. And then, you know, as the season kind of rolled on, um, playing a few uh, Clydesdale games, um, origin rolls around and then I, I, I finally get a crack. I get my first year. First year. First year, so... Um, uh, just trying to think. July the 11th, 2003, Suncorp Stadium would take on the Bulldogs. No way. So I was like, I just turned, is, The Bulldogs I, when they were gun too. I just turned 18 on the 12th of June. So I was like... No way. 18 in one month or in less than forwards one month. too. <laughs> yeah. First run, uh, I think I picked out uh, Marco Milley <laughs> and ran straight at him. Oh, bad choice. <laughs> um, got a penalty, kicked it out. Yeah. Um, second run, run at Marco Mealy. Oh. <laughs> so I think I was a bit um, batshit crazy <laughs> from the start, mate. So, um, but yeah, for you know, just that, uh, like first and foremost, the adversity of moving down as a seventeen-year-old yeah. away from home. You mm. know, a big family environment in Townsville um, to literally uh, living with an elderly couple uh, at Capera, Ed and Anita Mealy. They were absolutely brilliant. I appreciate them. Uh, offering up their home for yeah. me to stay there for a few months uh, was brilliant. But again, like it was more they were offering up their house more than anything because it wasn't a home. Okay. Like I missed that home environment. Yeah, I missed sure. that, you know, people being around and mm. um, you know th that that kind of whole homesickness thing was yeah. was massive for me. Community but kind of vibe of the home. Yeah, and yeah. and that was another comment. I had a conversation with mum when I went home at Christmas. I was like, this is like, 
I don't want to do this. It's just like you make your family where you are. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, those those guys that were at the club, the Donald Malones, the Ian Lacey's, <laughs> those guys, man, I end up like couch surfing. I end yeah. up, like I, I had a bed at, mm. at a house where yeah. I could go and sleep, but I was like, I just wanted to be around people. So, you know, those guys really took me under their wing and yep. I, got, I hung out with them a fair bit and, and that really helped me out heaps too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that first debut though, do you remember how you found out? Um, it was that yeah, just that training one day. I think uh, David Stagg, uh, he debuted in the same game as me. Um, just trying to think too, who else? Um, Tony Duggan. Tony Duggan, Tony best Duggan. rig in the game. Yeah, he was so shredded. He was shredded. Holy, yeah. most caps ever for the Clydesdales. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, he taught me all the rotten ways. Yeah, he taught me how to be a Keith. Tony Duggan. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, he probably did. Um, but yeah, I was just at training, and like yeah. um, it, it, it's such a blur, and. Um, like that whole week went so fast mm. that like the, the game day went fast. Everything went like weirdly fast. Was, it, was, just, was it the before Suncorp Stadium? Had it been built yet? No, we're at Suncorp. Yeah, mm. yeah. We, we, were, we were back there at that point in time because yeah. um, we moved back there in 03. Yeah, okay. 03, yeah. yep. Yeah. So um, it was still the sandpit at that point in time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But uh, it's a beautiful stadium now. The grass oh, is mate. immaculate. It's so good. Yeah. Easily the best rugby league stadium. So is there anything outside of running an O'Mealy, is there anything you know, remember from the game? That, I, like, I got injured. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, high ankle sprain, first game. So, like, Far out. super bummed about that. Yeah. But, like, I, I knew from that point in time, like, I, okay, I, I can do this. I, yeah. I got a taste. I, like, I want in now. Mm. I, I was I was 100% in at that point in time. Yeah. Because like before you play first grade, you almost give them this like, oh, they're going to be like superhuman strong and yeah, how am I going to mix it with them? And then that first contact, you're usually like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it was good that I ran at Mark and <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. like he was like, he was the up and coming Absolutely. Like, big dog at that point in time. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, he had the, the shaved head, he looked mean as and yep. I swear he had deep heat on his head. <laughs> oh, mate, 100%. <laughs> um, okay. So 2004 uh, rolls around, you have eight appearances that season. Um, and then obviously 14, you know, appearances in 2005. What do, what do you reckon you learnt the most in those first kind of two years as a, a rookie first grader? Uh, patience. Yeah. Um, and hard work. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of um, – because we had those gun young guys there at that point in time, I go, Wayne, uh, he didn't want to play favourites. Mm. So we were – we were on a bit of a rotation, so you know you'd, you'd get your crack at first grade if you were good enough. You got to stay in if mm. you kind of you did your job, but you weren't brilliant. You know it'd, it'd then be Neville's turn. He yeah. can have a he'd have a, he'd have a crack, and then it'd be Tommy. Mm. Um, so you know that was kind of tough, and I had to you know I could bide my time a little bit, um, like uh, sharpen my tools a little bit. Mm. You know, okay, what can I do that? These two guys can't. All right. Well, maybe if I work on my passing game, um, okay, like something as simple as I, I worked on my my bump and quick play the ball. Your quickest play ball in the game, baby. <laughs> yeah. So then, like that became one of my weapons. It's yeah. like, all right, sweet. So, you know, I I, I could do a chip and chase, but <laughs> I wouldn't because I'd, I'd be hooked straight away. <laughs> but I was like, all right. Well, what's the thing I can yeah. you know, I can bring to the, the team? All right. Well, we've got some gun players. If I can get a quick play the ball for them, so they can be front foot. Mm. Well, let's let's go. Yeah. Um, so that, like I learned to like yeah sharpen my tools, mm. um, work on things that I knew that I could do better than 
you know, those guys who I was in competition with and um, like just ask questions and hang around. Mm. Like Shane Webke was like the ultimate professional. Mate. Ultimate professional. It's crazy. Um, and, you know, he was the guy that he had the key to the gap. Yes, he did. Because he wanted to, all right, before we go to the gap in preseason, I want to run it at least five times so then I know that I can, I'll keep up with the, the skinny backs. Mate. While, you know, the, the big boys are at the back. Hojo, actually, Hojo was the king of the gap. Mate, he's a king. You know what Hojo used to do at the gap? Hojo used to be that, like, I'm a leader. I'm going to lead, but I'm going to lead from the back. I'm going to encourage these yeah, big boys. The big boys yeah. He'd be like, pat me on the, come on, come on, Sammy, you can get up this hill. I was like, bro, you should be out the front. Get up there. But, hey, it worked for him. Mate. He, he got through jogging, he was uh, encouraging other players. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, like going back to Shane Webke, like I learned so much of him. Like um, like he used to have, I don't know if he ever called it the FRU, but he should have, the Front Rowers Union. <laughs> but we used to go there um, uh, every Sunday. We, we went to the Gap to make sure that everyone could run in under 40 minutes. Yeah, wow. um, and then sometimes we'd meet at the club and we'd go and run a few of the hills. And this was like before training. And He's that's insane. what he did. Yeah. And then like... You saw him on the field and um, he was, I want tackle one and I want tackle three. Yeah. And you get out of my fucking way. Mm. And if you ever took his hit-ups, <laughs> he would not be happy at no, all. Not at all. But like, you know, I learned from those guys. I learned, um, I learned how to be um, humble and respectful from Petro. Mm. Um, the way that, um, you know, if Petro wanted to turn it on, oh, man. he could kill you. <laughs> Literally. But then he'd apologise. <laughs> And he'd probably sing at your funeral afterwards. Yes. So that's Petra. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, he was, you know, and I, and I had these guys around me that were um, great role models. And I think that really helped me throughout my career as well. Massively. Mm. Yeah. Massively. I mean, what a forward pack to learn off. Jeez. Yeah. Unbelievable. I had some good teachers. Yeah. Oh, mate. Um, okay. So 2005 rolls around and uh, you also, you score first try, which is, you know, always great. Yeah. Against the Eels. And so... Like I've spoken about it a little bit, but you would have a much better view of this because like you were closer to a regular first grader than I obviously was. But what was what changed two thousand and five into two thousand and six that saw you guys win that comp? There's so much that goes into winning a comp. That's mm. that's the thing. I can even remember we went through a bad patch in that year. I think we lost five or yeah. six straight leading yeah. into like coming towards the end of the season. Um but um there was a there was a whole group of us that um, got to play um, State of Origin that year. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think if um, Carmichael may have debuted State of Origin that year. Um, myself, um, Staggy. Um, so that was that big stage, which you know some of the younger guys mm. needed um, to really um, take their game to that next level. So that helped that young crew that was coming through. Um, and then uh, I, I just think, like, luck. We, we, we didn't have a lot of injuries. Um, a little bit more experience of those young guys. So, so our balance was right. Mm. Uh, and I can remember throughout that whole final series, it was, like we, it was almost like we lived in Sydney all together. Yeah, wow. So we were, like, we were based at um, the Swiss Grand back in the day Fancy. at Bondi. And... Um, 
Wayne used to always love staying near a beach because, you know, on your days off, like yeah. he wants you to go out and do stuff. He yeah. wants you to be down the beach swimming, having a coffee, um, spending time with him. And I think that really helped us out too. So mm. um, we spent a lot of time at, at Bondi Beach um, enjoying each other's company. Like literally we'd duck back home to Brisbane for a couple of days. It's like you did your washing, you got some new clothes and you went back again. Yeah. Um, but there was a really great connection and, and again, that balance of guys like um, uh, Petro, Thorny, um, Webby. Um, Tunza. Tunza, the chin. Um, and then, you know, those other young guys, you had, um, uh, you had Casey Maguire. Mm. Um, you, know, you look at a guy like Shane Perry who played in that team. Yeah, yeah. And like he was a toiler. Yeah. And he, and he it is... He knew his job for the team, and he and he did his. And I think, you know, that youth and experience of some of those, that youth and experience balance was was just on that year. And it was just like, well, now's your chance, and if you if you miss it, you miss it. Yeah. And so leading into, well, do you remember from your perspective what was the army camp like that year? Oh, that, that was, was the worst. That was the craziest fucking shit I've ever been a part of. Oh yeah. And were Dean you, Benton came in as were well. You a part of yeah. So we like we we changed the whole, like the whole way we prepared that year. We had yeah. a like, um, we had a new S and C, mm. um, and he flogged us that year. Yeah. But the army camp at the start of the year. Oh man! Did you come from schoolies as well? You, nah, no, I didn't no. come from schoolies. I wasn't supposed to be a part of it. But oh. Ivan rang me up and told me it was just going to be bonding. Yeah, and because Brett Seymour got a shoulder rico, so they had one spot. Yeah, and then yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> I know Darbs came from. He would come from school. Yeah, probably. He came from school just because yep. yeah he repeated. Eh? Yeah he repeated. Yeah, um, but I can remember that camp was like, all right, boys, uh, we're going up the Sunshine Coast. Bring your golf clubs, surfboards, whatever you want. It's going to be awesome. So like, boys are rolling up with like surfboards, um, like golf clubs. Like boardies. big bags, yep. yeah. Boardies back in those days. No, yeah. No budgie smugglers. No budgie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, we literally rocked up to the uh, HQ at Red Hill there and it's just like these army dudes just started yelling at us, get on the field, <laughs> take your clothes off. I was like, bro, like, we just met, come on. <laughs> Stripped down to like our jocks on the field and yep. we're putting all this army gear on and we're like, what the fuck is happening? And it was a six dayer. Oh, mate! It was six days, and I, I think, um, and, and like all army camps, the, the first two days are they're, they're made to break you. Yeah. And we were um, pushing trailers. We were up and down hills. Um, there was midnight PT. There was, um, I could, I remember the, I remember the night where we did nighttime orienteering, and uh, <laughs> the beast Greg Eastwood. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Why? Why? He goes, I'm allergic. And the guy goes, allergic to what? He goes, whatever's in there. Because we're doing, and like, it was probably the easiest nighttime orienteering I've ever done because essentially, like, you can see all the glow sticks. So yeah. you just had to get a rough idea and you just in that walked around in that direction. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, they'd like wake us up in, in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, there's a fire, boys. We've got to get out. We've got to change camp locations. And like, they throw these stun grenades and stuff. <laughs> And then they'd leave rubbish on the ground and, and then pretend that we left it on the yeah. ground. Yeah, that pissed me off. Um, we had to do abseiling. I remember the oh. abseiling day was like, all right, boys, if everyone abseils down backwards and, and forward, we'll give you some real food. We're like, oh, because we had all the ration packs. Yeah, and we killed those chickens. 
and that's when we had to kill the chickens. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Benny, Hannah, and I, like, we killed these chickens. Rest in peace, chickens. <laughs> but then we had nothing to cook it. Like, when we ended up boiling them in the pot, and they yeah. were like, and they were layers too. So, like, they had no meat on them at no, all. No. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a hectic army camp. I remember Hodjo, like, wanting to go home day one. He's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk. I can hear the highway. I'm just going to walk to the highway. And I don't care. I was like, bro, no one's picking up a black phone on the highway. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> oh, but man. at the end of it, yeah, it was like, it was the, the, the greatest thing we could do. We went through, like, Huge adversity through that camp. Mm. I remember, you know, uh, Benny Hanna getting choked out by some army guy. <laughs> um, remember, like, the skirmish stuff we did? Yeah. Um, remember the boxing room we had to get oh, into? And Neville knocked that dude out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was pretty hectic camp. And it, it definitely set up, like, a resilience mm. uh, for what was a massive year for us. Yeah. And so rolling into finals, I mean, that famous – Bulldogs game, like such an incredible comeback from you boys. What do you remember from the final series? Well, you, you talk about myths and legends and, and GST on stories. Like, <laughs> in all honesty, I can't remember Mace walking up the tunnel, yahooing and saying what he said. No way! I do remember him yahooing. I didn't hear clearly what he said, but I ran with it. And even if Shane <laughs> Webke made it up, <laughs> even if he made that shit up, what a thing to make up. Absolutely. Because it, it definitely fired us up. We got out there in the second half and we were a different team. Yeah. Totally different team. Mm. Um, and like the Bulldogs were a gun team. Yeah. They were a good team and like they should have beat us in that game. Mm. Um, you know, Barrow scores that freakish try. <laughs> Mate. Were like, you on the bench or on the field at that I th stage? I think he was. I think he was. Um, uh, I think I was on the bench at that point. Mm. But I think he was offside because you know how like when you – he was that. running back and then Hodjo was running through and he it wasn't – you know that weird rule where if you can't support – yeah. So I don't know. We might have to look back at that one. <laughs> get the tape. Yeah, we'll get the tape. Get the tape. But yeah, his effort to kind of score that try and that was mm. like, all right, we're on here. Yeah. Uh, we kind of mixed things up in that game too, having Hodjo play fullback and mm. Carmichael on the wing and mixing things up. Yeah, it, it was – like that was the springboard moment to go, no one can beat us mm. at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Incredible game. Okay, so finals week rolls around and you're rolling into, you know, Storm, heavy favourites, incredible side. What was that week like for you as a young fellow? What, 21, 22? Yeah, we, we played the Storm under the salary cap that year. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they just happened to be over it. <laughs> later on, years, yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, such a great week. Mm. Again, you know, I talked about that connection that we had. Like spending all that time together as a team was was so good. Um, and probably, like in hindsight, looking back, probably took that week for granted. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, it wasn't until 2015 I, I make another grand final. But mm. um, yeah, that week was like I was I was on the ride, and I, mm. I absolutely was loving the ride. Um, and the way we prepared and everything that we did that week was like, we're on, you know, from you holding the pads. To <laughs> yeah, it was all from me holding yeah. the pads, bro. <laughs> One of the best pad holes in the game. Exactly. <laughs> it's tough to hold the pads. Yeah. Especially mate. when you're hungover. At the Sanford Stags, like some of the boys, I'm like, oh, you got to hold it. I gotta, if I'm going to tackle you. Uh, but yeah, it's um, like an incredible week. And I, I wish that someone at that point in time told me to take my time, yeah, sit back, enjoy mm. it. 
um, soak it in um, because it does. It just flies by mm. and you get to the game. It's such a long day. Yeah. You're like, just sitting there. You're waiting. sitting there and you're trying not to think about the game, but you're thinking about the yeah. game. You yeah. don't want to play the game in your head, but you're playing it in your <laughs> yeah. head. And if this happens and I do this and I do that and, um, yeah, I can just remember getting out there and we're like, right, we're on. Mm. No one's going to beat us. Yeah, well. Yeah. And when Lockie puts that field goal over and you basically seal it. Game, set, match. It feels like that. Um, yeah, it was like hugs and high fives all around. Because like yeah. underdogs heading into a grand final yeah. too. It's not like the favourites won or anything. Nah, nah. And it, like I think the best part about that, that grand final week too was there was no Sydney teams in it, mm. uh, which True. was brilliant. Um, and, and it's like I've been a part of uh, a little bit of history there mm. that, you know, that, that 06 grand final having Melbourne and Brisbane play in it and you know, mm. two outside of Sydney teams uh, 2015 two Queensland teams playing so in a grand good. final yeah. um, you know it's it's so good to look back now and go she's a part of bloody history there yeah yeah. yeah. And was there anything you remember like Wayne said to you guys in that week that stands out for you like that calmed you down or got used together <sighs> no, no well I think Wayne was always and when it came to um, playing finals footy Wayne like he totally flipped the, the script like finals footy was all we, we were having fun at training we were playing games yeah wow um, we were um, you know playing offside touch we were playing the dropout game playing Nance ball like yeah. all those games that Wayne absolutely loved and it was like well this is your reward for getting here yeah okay we've got 10 minutes at the end we want to we want to nail some shape but mm. Like at the start of it, let's have some fun. Let's mm. enjoy our time. Let's let's enjoy being here. Yeah. Because we've worked our ass off to get here to this yeah. point. Well done. Yeah. Give yourself a little bit of a pat on the back. And match fitness is not match fitness is not an issue because you're not already at, at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not at all. So like you know, even in the gym, the gym's fun. Yeah. You know, um, good old Dan. It's like Dan Baker's like he relaxed a little bit. You know, he wasn't slapping you on the chest when you're doing <laughs> bench press now. <laughs> You know, uh, he wasn't telling you to put your balls on the table <laughs> yeah. when you're doing your, your power cleans. Or your balls touch the ground when you do a squat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because he wore no undies in the gym. <laughs> balls that to was, the floor. That was so awkward when he was he um, had, spotting you. Bro, he had the worst protein parts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, because like, he used to eat those growling oh gold bars. Remember the growling God, gold bars? bro. And like, bro. it was almost a, a, a jaw workout for oh. you. And he'd rock up in that little red... The car, yeah, mate. He he's such a good. Coach. He was smart. Yeah, he was so smart. He he was so good at getting you pumped for weights, even if you were just like, oh, zombie. Done. He was great. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. Do you know? Have you seen him in a while? I haven't seen him for ages. Um, but like, so highly respected in that whole weightlifting community. Yeah, like they, there is. Um, he's written books in that, and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they use him for like university studies and stuff like that. I Some of the him. work that he's done. But yeah, he was, I loved him too. Yeah, he's so good. Um, so 2006 as well, you obviously make your origin debut. Yeah. Do you remember where you were when you got the call or how it happened? I thought it was a, like, nah, gammon. <laughs> got me. Yeah. Um, but no, like, yeah, literally just at home. Mm. Chilling. Um, unknown number calls me. Uh, big Malcolm uh, on the other end and... Um, I didn't know what to do, mm. like cry, laugh, scream like a 10-year-old girl, um, like a whole load of different emotions. Because, mm. you know, I was, uh, again, like talking about my early career as a, as a young kid, like 
Queensland was my pinnacle mm. as a as a kid. Like I just wanted to make a Queensland team. Like a kid from Townsville, I just wanted the tracksuit. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you want. The you just want the, the track gear, suit. The gear. Um, and I was just like, I'm about to represent Queensland in the state of origin. Mm. Like I was lucky enough as a 17-year-old to – that was my first ever state of origin. I, I went and watched because I played in, I played before it. Yep. And I was like, from that point, I was like, oh, this is all time. Mm. Um, I was like lucky enough to watch uh, Billy Slater's – uh, epic try yeah. I remember sitting in the rafters Watching Mango's intercept try oh, And like just wanting to Play Origin from that point And yeah, um, yeah I, I, I Had my 21st birthday in Origin camp um, Lockie may or may not have split his head that night um, <laughs> Falling off a bar But that uh, like that happens It was Cyclone. It was Tackle practice. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, of course. we're tackling. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, you know, you've got a stray elbow. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh. um, yeah, it was it was so good. And that, uh, the best part about that year too is I um, – and, and like I didn't know any other Queensland coach like, like but Mal pretty much. Mm. Um, he came in and from what he was pushing and preaching in camp, mm. he was all about the history – it was all about the legacy and telling the story of the guys that had come before. Um, and I, I think as an origin coach, you need to be – you need to have an aura about you. You need to have, like, like that's a that's a guy I idolise. That's a god yeah. right there. And I think that's what Billy has now with the state of origin squad that he's got. But, mm. you know, for, for Mal, it was just like I, – I loved Mal. Yeah. Like, he was the, he was the man. Yeah. Um, and, like, for him to give me a crack and – it was a kind of a weird uh, series. We lost the first game by one point, mm. um, and then um, there was a couple of guys that didn't get re-picked for game two. I was lucky enough to get picked for game two. Mm. Um, played in game two at Suncorp. We win, uh, and then we go down to Melbourne, and like, like that was foreign. That yeah. was so foreign. Like playing on a, uh, a yeah on yeah. A, an oval oval yeah. Um, in a in a roofed stadium, mm. uh, in a like a like a, a neutral ground, it was, was so weird and foreign. Um, and I can still remember sitting on. I was on the bench at that point in time. Mm. Um, big Charlie Webb right next to me. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, we Lockie scores that try, and I was just like, "Holy wow!" And it's it's like that's that try is talked about a fair bit. Yeah, that Lockie try, but. The best try in that game happened the try before, mm. which was Taddy's try. Yes, like JT, like like to get through the gap, find Taddy. Taddy mm. runs around the outside and scores that try. Right. Like go back and watch that it's try. Hectic. It's hectic. And like he had wheels, oh, brother mate. Tate. He, he had quick. wheels. Bloody oath he was. Um, and like that was, like, that was the the moment that like changed that game for us. Mm. And that was the moment Lockie's like, all right, boys, let's just go back to doing what we do best. Mm. Let's get through our sets. Let's kick chase. Let's put the pressure on them. Mm. Let's get through our sets, kick chase, put the pressure on them. And then the pressure just like, yeah, the cookie crumbled. Yes, it did. And Lockie was there to pick up the crumbs yep. and he scores a try and probably – like in 2023 has to come off the field for HIA because tons of knocks. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh uh, mate, 
And like, I guess, how do you describe that? You know, Lockie goes over, you're a part of, you know, the winning side. And at the time you wouldn't have known it, but something incredible was about to begin. Like, that wasn't even... We weren't even on the starters blocks at that point in time to, to what we did, yeah. like, you know, for the splash that we made mm. uh, eventually. But, yeah, there was so much pressure on so many players throughout that whole series. You, mm. know, the, um, you know, there's been plenty of people that have spoken about, you know, those big dogs were told, you know, Petro, uh, Pricey and Lockie, this could be your, your last crack in a, in a <laughs> maroon jersey. Uh, if, you know, if, if, if nothing happens, yeah, you could be going, you know, see you later. Mm. And then you look; those guys end up being there for the next how many years mm. in a dominant team, no question marks at all. Yeah, and you know, sometimes I think that um, you know the old pressure makes diamonds. Yeah, there was there's three rocks right there. Oh mate, yeah, hundred percent. And so yeah, so that year you also get selected later in the year Four Nations. Yeah, I think I play like uh, <laughs> five minutes or something for Australia. Hey man, still five got out there. Me. Five yeah. more minutes than me. Actually, Cam Smith and I debuted in the same game. For no a way. There you go. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Do you, so, what? Uh, do you remember where you were when you got the call for that? Uh, I was on the plane on the way home, mm. and uh, we were on the way back from after the DF. Hung bung. Oh mate! <laughs> Holy! Uh, and I think it was uh, Trad McLean. Old man. Oh, manager. Tradley. There we go. Tradley. Yeah, he come and told me tragedy. So, yeah, tragedy. <laughs> uh, and. The best part about it was that uh, on the plane was uh, my my now wife Rachel, yeah, well, wow. uh, my mum and cool. my older brother. Oh, mate, so, yeah, that's mad. So it's like that was a, a pretty cool moment because they were there to share it with me at that point in time. Mm. I, 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 I smelt like a brewery, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I was surprised mum even gave me a hug to be honest. Because yeah. Almost, I was ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, with in regards to you know that eight in a row, what stands out for you the most from that eight in a row? Like, is there a series that really stands out for you where you know something special happened, or uh, you know the, the the best part about that whole eight in a row was um, the like it, I call it a family reunion. Mm. Every time we came into camp, yeah, well, and we just kind of we rolled into the same. Shit, literally. Mm. Um, at, I don't like thinking back. I don't think we changed the names of our plays. We didn't change our plays. <laughs> Why? We had the same stuff. It was like we get to this post. Mm. We're going to go left for an arty, mm. like which was a play that we had. And yep. then you know, it was like, all right, we're going to get we're going to get all the way over to that left, mm. and then um, Gi's going fishing. Yeah. So like you know, Gi would get the boy just. Like creep across, across the field, find a hole. Yeah, and then you just like, all right, boys, pick a hole. You either run through the the gap, or you know, Gi scores himself. Yeah, yeah. Like we we didn't change anything, mm. but it's like they almost changed their team so much that it's just like they forgot what yeah. we were doing out there on the yeah, field. That's crazy. But just the friendship and bond um, that like we all made mm. throughout that period was absolutely amazing. Mm. So um, for me. I, I go into Origin Camp now, not to see the players, but to see the guys I played with. Yeah. So like, I was I was pretty lucky this year. I went into Origin Camp and did a couple of interviews with a few of the the boys. But I literally went there because I wanted to see Nate. I wanted to see JT. I wanted yeah. to see Cam. I wanted to see Billy. Like, like, I wanted, like those guys that I I played so many years with. Mm. Like I just wanted to go again. That's that family reunion. Mm. And you know, camps were. 
towards um, you know when we were right in the thick of things, like, camps were so much fun. Yeah, like we'd have little like competitions going here. Like there was like the the FIFA guys who would like be playing PlayStation against yeah. one another, trying to you know who was the big dog of that. Yeah. We'd have the little card crew. Yeah, um, you know we'd have the golfers. Like you'd have all these different guys, but like we would all like split off into those groups, but we'd all be back together dinner time, mm. talking smack. Um, it was like a real brotherhood. Yeah. I mean, just probably yeah. never be done again. And and I yeah, and I look at that, and the, the hardest part is when you're in the thicker things, you just kind of roll with the punches. Yeah. yeah. And you don't until you finish. You look back at it, and like now I go and talk to kids in schools, and I, I say that I'm one of the lucky ones. Mm. And I say that because um, like not not everyone makes it. Yeah. Like as many kids are, that are out there that want to become a professional rugby league player like mm. it's tough it's hard there's a lot of sacrifices like i'm I, like i miss two brothers or my brother's weddings because yeah. they were on the weekend when footy was on wow. like it's just like i've missed 21st i've missed uh funerals i've missed birthdays i've mm. missed so many things and yeah. like through sacrificing to do this one thing and this one goal mm. um I'm unsure what the stats are at the moment, but it's it's not great. I think it's like less than a season as an average NRL career. Mm. Um, you know, it's one run, run tackle, one Jarrell Yayi, one jump, land. Yeah. You know, there's your career over, done. Yeah. Um, so for me to play what, uh, 304 games for the Broncos, um, 32 for Australia, 29 for Queensland, um, two games or three games for Indigenous All Stars. Mm. Lucky, mm. so damn lucky. And speaking of the Indigenous All Stars, obviously you were part of the inaugural side. Yeah, what was that experience like? Oh, that was all time. Yeah, that was all time. Um, you know, and I think uh, throughout different um, uh, like uh, friendship groups and stuff like that, you always try and like you and I would mention it before. Imagine Cyril Connell's all time team. Imagine yeah. picking that. Right. And this is probably a conversation that you know, throughout a lot of indigenous communities, like imagine what's the best indigenous team like, ever. Yeah. If we could pick it right now, yeah. how cool would that be? And, and like you can do it for, you know, um, oh, what's our best uh, Pacifica team that mm. we could ever pick? Wow, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Like imagine that team. That, that'd be oh, all time. Yeah. And, and I, I love the concept to, um, and I, I love seeing how it's grown and developed mm. and I love what it is now. I think, the Indigenous All-Stars versus the Māori All-Stars is absolutely incredible. It's perfect. Because it's as close to tribal warfare as you can get, yep. but on a rugby league f- uh, field. And I think also, um, you know, the Indigenous All-Stars getting that chance and opportunity to go to New Zealand last mm. year, yeah. they would have learned so much. Because I think the way that um, uh, the New Zealand uh, public uh, really embraced that Māori culture mm. over there, like they speak language in their national anthem. Yeah. They speak language at school. Mm. We have so many different language groups here within Australia, mm. um, but we can also learn on um, how much they embrace their culture over there. Yeah, and and like it's not it's not frowned upon. Mm. Um, it's not uh, marginalised or, or or pushed down. So mm. I think that was absolutely brilliant that they got that chance. But um, to be a part of that first one. Yeah, it was all time. And, and camp would have been hectic. Camp was hectic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to think. Yeah, Dell's in camp. <laughs> um, he scores the first try. Yeah, um, and you know just to see, um, especially Presto, like his his um, pride and passion with it all. Mm. Um, to see that dream of his come true was was huge. And so, uh, well, let's let's fast. Actually, I want to talk to you about what was it like as a senior player 
you know, Darren Lockyer retires, mm. and then you know you took over the the captaincy um, when Lockyer retired. Holy wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the pressure from that. First of all, what was it like when you know Lockyer retired? Yeah, and then obviously Wayne comes to you. Oh, was Wayne the club? No, it would have been someone else. Would have been no, no. Hook, Hook was there. Hook, yeah. you become captain. What was that whole process like for you? As a, you would have been about twenty six, twenty seven at this stage. Yeah, still kind of youngish, really. Mm. Um, but I must have been good because they replaced me with two. <laughs> so yeah. They did twice the firepower to replace me. Um, but, yeah, it was hard, mm. 100%. Um, and I, I think kind of with that transition of Wayne kind of um, moving on and moving out and uh, Lockie retiring, um, I think a lot of that um, support structure was was gone as well. Mm. Um, I, like, would I have been the captain for the rest of my career if Wayne was at the club? I don't know, mm. maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I, I, that was something I really struggled with was um, having a little bit more support around me. Mm. Um, and I remember going around Hook's house and having a conversation with him about um, him, him wanting me to kind of, you know, maybe this is not the right choice and maybe we need to move in a different direction if we're going to go better as a team. Because I, I kind of got lost um, in my captaincy thinking I had to do everything mm. uh, when I was selected as a captain because um, I had an ability to uh, lighten the mood around a training um, uh, paddock, um, but then also um, led by example on the field. Mm. See, I thought that I had to be the guy that went and talked to everyone. I thought yeah. I had to be the guy that was doing the inspirational speech before the game. I thought I had to be the guy that I'll sit down with you after a game, we'll go through some vision and like, what could you have done better? wasn't my job mm. like i'm trying to be a coach i'm trying to be a motivational speaker yeah. i just needed to be sam thiday yeah. at that point in time mm. and i just needed to um be the best version of myself and that was enough yeah that would have been enough yeah and then um yeah went around hook's place and you know um you know i i, I don't trust anyone now that uh, offers me instant coffee because he goes you want a coffee so oh yeah, I'll have a coffee, instant coffee. I was like, damn, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so from now on, if you offer me instant coffee, I say no and I'll walk out of the no, room. No, thank you, sir. No, thank you. <laughs> but no, it was, um, it was a tough decision for him to make as well. And like, like it's a massive honour. Mm. I got to, like, even though it wasn't for a long time, mm. I still, throughout my career, got to captain the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. And not a lot of people can say that They've oh. done that. Have like will ever do that. Mm. So um, yeah, ha like happy that I got the chance. Mm. Um, would have loved a little bit more support, but hey, all good. Mm. Just keep rolling with the punches. And so you know, Hook comes in, and you guys have okay years, and then you know some not so good years, and then Wayne obviously comes back to the club. You know what was that whole process like? And you know, did you feel excitement? Did you feel like, okay, we can get back to where we were or what was it like? Bit of a roller coaster throughout that whole period. Yeah. Um, and like, I only really knew Wayne for the majority of my uh, mm. club career. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was super pumped to see him back. Um, and like, I think just the like professionalism that he brought back, you know, Ivan was there and uh, you also had Hook as well. Um, but you got to think they were, like both pretty young coaches when, yeah. it, when it when it came to um, you know their NRL careers, um, like Wayne, he had the blueprint. 
Mm. He knew what it was, and he just brought that back when he when he came back to the Bronx. A um, couple of key signings as well really helped out the team. And you know, we roll into a grand final in 2015 off the off the back of what Wayne brought in with that with that blueprint. Yeah. yeah, and so that that uh, 2015 season, you know, you roll into the grand final and had such an incredible year. Milford killing it, Benny Hunt killing it. You know, such an honour first of all to be part of that two Queensland sides. Walk us through the game, you know. <laughs> yeah, there to be one, in my opinion, and then just somehow, some way. I. C- you can go back and look at that game and all the different moments throughout yeah. it, um, and there's so many super highlights. Mm. Um, in all honesty, n- never watched it. Really, never watched it. Tell us why. Because there's the there's the football he- head in me that would pick it apart and pick apart my own game. Because mm. I'm sure at some point there's there's a moment in there where I do, do I push harder? Yeah. Do I run harder? Can I charge that? Can I charge the kick down? Mm. Yeah. I'm at marker. Can I get there? Yeah. Without breaking JT's leg, can I dive and block the kick? Yeah. Can I override Ben Hunt and catch the ball mm. and run? As a you know, um, can I? Um, I think uh, I, I think a big uh, big Aussie Jim scored a try and he bumped me. Yeah. Can I make that tackle? Yeah. Um, can I? Can I push harder on my um, kick chase and tackle JT before he passes the ball out to Morgo? Mm. You know, there's all those things. Yeah. And that's probably why I don't want to watch it, but I can't change it. Mm. It wasn't our turn. Yeah, it just wasn't our turn. I, I look at it as now as like I'm a part of history, and like I do a lot of um, I do a lot of guest speaking now, and I always give JT shit, like, and I always say JT can't be an immortal because he had a chance, and opportunity to do what every kid wanted to do, kick a goal from the from the sideline to win a grand final, and he missed. And I say it jokingly because I I know that one first and foremost that absolutely killed him. Yeah. Like, you know, and I've heard him speak about it too. You know, he, like he 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 totally messed up his whole routine mm. because he felt the pressure mm. for someone that has ice in his veins. Mm. Like he did, he felt the pressure of that moment. Um, but I, I like if there's a, ever a vote that goes to voting him as an immortal, I'll, I'll vote a thousand times because mm. I think he is, and and the way that he trained and he prepared. I was his roomie for so long. Mm. I, I I knew how hard he worked. Yeah. Um, to, to be the player that he was. But, you know, I, I can't take that moment away from him. Mm. And, you know, you can't live your life in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Yeah. If if I did it, I would have done it in the game. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I didn't. So I think that's why it's hard for me to – it, it would be hard for me to ever watch it. And, hey, mate, maybe we can sit down and watch it on yeah. this potty or we'll something different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of – it was like not our turn. Mm-hmm. Like we did everything we could to get there and give ourselves a chance to win it, we just did it. When felt went over for the try, did you feel the just like obviously the momentum shifted? But what was the chat like in the the huddle? Was it talking about boys? Let's not let the momentum win. Like beat us here. What was it? Like it was such a weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> you're in your body but you're not in your body <laughs> it's still it's, happening yeah like it's just it's so weird to describe that feeling at that point in time mm. and then you're almost like 
uh, you almost celebrate JT missing because, oh shit, we still got it. We still got a crack here. Yeah. And then, I think being so like being so close to Benny when he drops the ball off the kickoff too, it's just like, damn. All right, what's the next job? Yeah. And that's like kind of where my mindset went. And it was the same thing after JT missing the kick. It's like, oh, what's the next job? Yeah. We have to move on. What's next? Um, and I like. I think sometimes as a footy player, you need to like have a memory of a goldfish. You just gotta, yeah, hundred percent. Literally, all right, I've, I've forgotten about it. I got to move on. Mm. I can't dwell on that. Yeah, and you know, like I, I felt so much for Benny after that GF. It wasn't mm. Benny's fault. Yeah, no you way. go, go, go through, look through that whole game. Mm. There's moments through that whole game where something's happened where someone could have done something better. Yeah, yeah. and like I'm like. I love seeing where Benny is now and what he's done. I, I'm so proud and pumped that he got to 300 games in the NRL. Um, I'm glad he's had Origin success, Australian success. Mm. Um, you know, who knows? Get him back to the Bronx next year, play dummy half, and you can win a grand final. Surely. Surely. Something, something. You heard it here first. Yeah. Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> um, okay, so a few, obviously, you know, you retire in 2018, one of the greatest retirements of all time. Speeches. Yeah. What gave you the idea to dress as an old man in retirement? <laughs> mate, I was sick and tired of seeing the boring suits and polo <laughs> shirts at a presser, mate. Um, and I had a conversation with the old tragedy, Trad mm. McLean. Mm. And I said, mate, I want to do something different. And he goes, I, I said, you just got to roll with the punches yeah, yeah. and you just got to go with me on this. So um, uh, I, I met a young lady at a, uh, at a Starlight gig, actually. And it was... Um, uh, it was around Halloween, so we were like painting up as zombies yep. and stuff like that. And I think I ended up having devil horns that day. <laughs> and we, you know, um, were doing some stuff throughout uh, the hospital and visiting kids and you know, like a trick or treat essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I said to her, I said, "Oh, I've got a weird random idea <laughs> of doing this." And she goes, "Yeah, I can do that." I was like, "Oh, sweet, give me a card." So I got I got her business card and. Um, we ended up uh, like it was a long morning getting all that makeup yeah, done. Yeah, it was a glimpse into the future. In all honesty, I, lo <laughs> I looked like my dad. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, I just wanted to do something different. So you know, dressing up as an old man, retiring at a retirement village, um, was 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 pretty cool. Mm. I, you know, and I, I haven't seen anyone do anything different or outlandish. Uh, since that point in time, but I encourage the boys to do it. Mm, have a bit of fun. Yeah, have some fun with it because it, it's your moment. Yeah. Um, you know, don't do a Buddy Franklin and put it out there on the gram. <laughs> like, Buddy, mate, something, do something different. Come on, Buzz. Yeah. Um, what do you, what was the decision to retire? Like, what do you, what pushed it the most? Was it, you know, your body was not handling it? You were over it? Like, what was the reason for it? A uh, bit of column A, bit of column B. Mm. Um I think like um, I think you, you you can get to a point in your career where you, like you don't want to push as hard anymore. Yeah, I think that's probably when you know. Mm. Um, you know, it's like like when the warrior doesn't want to go on the hunt anymore. Mm. I I couldn't be bothered hunting. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I. I played pretty hard throughout my younger years. Like, you, like look at the vision. Like, yeah. there wasn't a lot of um, swerving or stepping going on. No. There's a lot of a lot of straight line stuff. Oh, um, but yeah, like that that was probably the the hardest part was 
and that's not fair to the to the guys there. So, mm. um, I I didn't want to train hard. I didn't want to do the extras. I didn't. I guess it's like when those things start um, happening and occurring, and that's where your mindset is. Mm. Oh, you can't you can't play NRL yeah. anymore, especially like a preseason as well when you need oh, to find that extra gear yeah. in you. And 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 like you get looked after when you're a little bit older with mm. it, with the preseason, you don't have to go as hard. You're not doing a lot of turns. You know, you're doing more straight line stuff. Yeah, um, you might have a, a cardio day where you're off your feet and you're yeah. maybe on a rower, and mm. like that's still hard work. Mm. But it's like, yeah, like my my axe wasn't sharp anymore. I couldn't yeah. be bothered sharpening it. Mm. Not that I sorry, not that I couldn't be bothered sharpening it. Like it was hard to sharpen the axe. Yeah, okay. It was hard to get motivated to do that extra. Mm. Um, you know, you almost start becoming a bit of a coach yourself as a as a like. I found myself giving advice and more time to these younger guys that were coming through and not worrying about what I was doing. Yeah, okay. It's like, well, you know, I'm I'm not really practicing what I'm preaching myself. Yeah. So how can how can I expect this young guy to? do what I'm telling him to do mm. if I'm not willing to do it myself. So, yeah. you know, there was that. There was a, a conversation with Wayne about, you know, going on maybe another year and just well, I was like pulling teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm a fair career. Also, Dallium uh, back rower, 2010 to 11. Yeah. How cool was that? Yeah, that was really good actually. Yeah. yeah. Like um, it, it's always like super humbling to get, uh, individual awards mm. um, but you know those individual awards come from team efforts yeah. I also did get um, Broncos most improved two years in a row so it must have <laughs> must have been shit <laughs> oh that's uh, great that is great jeez how yeah. much you got to improve twice in a row yeah. two years straight yeah <laughs> that's great that's but great I think um yeah, that was that was one of those that was one of those thoroughbreds awards. Oh yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, mate, ask all the boys this <laughs> favorite rapper of all time. Oh, it's hard. Like I've I've gone through a journey with rappers. So. Yeah, okay, yeah. What first came to mind? Oh, what first came to mind? Yeah. Um, well, there's that old school era of of um, of Tupac and Biggie. Mm. Um, and then when Fifty hit the scene and Eminem, mm. like, like they were all time. Um, and then like you've got guys like uh, like Logic and J Cole, mm. um, who I absolutely love in a fire at the moment. So you know, there's there's my top six, mate. Yeah, top six. And, and it's like that's like a, I always ask people like, what's your uh, what's your top five ultimate concert, alive or dead? Yeah, okay. Like what, what would you go? Yeah. And, and like you can pick the venue, um, you can pick the lineup. Yep. Um, and like even with that, for me, like I'm super eclectic in what I like and what mm. I like listening to. So like, you know, I would have I would have like a Bob Marley there. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd also love to have um, like Prince. Yeah. Um, like a Jimi Hendrix, mm. um, you know. One of the best concerts I've been to um, was I saw Billy Joel. Yeah, wow. In okay. Manchester, we were over in we were over in uh, the UK for a, a tour, mm. um, and um, we got to go and watch Billy Joel. Mm. And it was all time. It was like watching three concerts in one. He sat down. Oh, he started off like rock and roll. Was on the guitar, mm. going hard, 
um, and then um, kind of mellowed out a little bit yep. and then sat down on the piano like the last bit Far of the around. concert. So it's like it's three concerts in one. So talented. Yeah. It's a joke. So Simon Morant. Okay. Like, he was our go-to guy whenever we were in the U- UK on a tour. Yeah. Because he's got like a um, um, like a music promotion business as yep. well. So like he organises all concerts oh, and stuff. So it. when we were in the UK going on some of those tours, I remember watching um, – Ooh, we watched Billy Joel. Yeah, um, like that. That was like myself, Nate Miles, uh, JT, Cooper Cronk. We went and watched Billy Joel. Um, we went and watched. Jeez, uh, I can't even. Oh, we went and watched Coldplay. No way. We went and watched Coldplay. That'd be this, good live, I reckon. We went and watched Coldplay at this theatre in London, mm. and like there was um, probably a thousand people in this theatre. Mm. That was it. Really? And we were up in this like uh, mezzanine level mm. and like everyone was on their feet, clapping, dancing, singing. Mm. Um, they broadcast it live, like this concert on BBC radio. And at one point I thought that like the mezzanine level was going to like fall down. No way. Everyone was just up dancing, singing. Um, Cooper Croc was my little like crony when it came to the music. He like, loves music, eh? Yeah, loved his music, loved his concerts. But like the one that comes to mind the most is we went and watched Jesse J. Yeah, Jesse J, yep. And um, after the concert, Simon comes to us and goes, oh, boys, um, there's a bit of an after party. He goes, it's not necessarily an after party. I, I run this little nightclub thing in a, in a warehouse out in Manchester. Yeah. And we're like, oh, sweet. We're emus this week. Let's go. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying to think who was there. <laughs> Billy Slater, myself. I'm going to say JT was there. Um, Cooper Cronk was there and maybe even Nate Miles mm. and like we all just pile into his rangey and we go to this warehouse party and we're like bro he's gonna like is he gonna kill us because <laughs> we're like driving down like all these streets yeah. there's like no one around warehouse precinct it's yeah. like holy wow this is scary like do we really know this guy <laughs> Now, how has he made his money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, is he is it getting rid of bodies? <laughs> uh, is he going to like extort us? What is he going to do here? He's going to steal our passport. I didn't bring my passport. Um, but like, we we turn around this corner and there's like people everywhere mm. walking the streets, going to this warehouse party, and we're like, holy heck! Mm. We pull like pull up to this back gate and let us in. Big security guard there, Simon. How you going? Yeah. Let's us in, and then we roll into this nightclub, and there's all these different rooms, different DJs, different kind of bars and no stuff. Way. And we're like, this is all time, and we're there for a while before he kind of takes us back. But like, we were all there, and like, he goes, "Hey boys, how like how good's this?" And he goes, like, we have to repay you. We're all gonna come come over here and play for Warrington Wolves, <laughs> and we all put our hands in together and like one, two, three Wolves, and we're like walking around like making Wolves and stuff like that. <laughs> So there's like a handshake deal, essentially, that like Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, Sam Friday, <laughs> Jonathan Thurston, we should have all played for the, the Warrington Wolves. Wolves. Like if he wanted to. He could enforce it. I'm sure like, like he would have had good lawyer power too at that point in time. But oh, like, imagine great. that Warrington Wolves oh, team. Oh, my God. Holy hell. All for one night out. <laughs> oh, all for one night out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, favorite movie of all time? Ah, uh, Cool Runnings. Oh, yeah, it's the best. Like... I grew up in a like a, a family household which was very very sporty, mm. uh, but also like pretty religious as well. Yeah. So like we couldn't watch a lot of movies with swearing, sex yep. scenes, even kissing. 
Really? Just, yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it taught me some good morals and good standards. Yeah. Um, and so like Cool Runnings was like our jam. Yeah. Like we love that. Like I like I can watch it now and like recite all the lines so and stuff good. like that. And um yeah, mate. Thanks so, so thank you so much for coming on, brother. I really appreciate it. And uh, did you just do a sneaky whistle? Then I know. <laughs> you did. I don't know what's it happened to me now and then. It's, it's in my tongue. <laughs> that was such an old man thing. Need to get too. their teeth fixed. Hey kids, how's it going? <laughs> I got some lollies in the van. <laughs> thanks for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Well, that's geese. <laughs>